You are listening to the Filming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Holmes, founder and lead educator at the Filming Life Academy, the largest online community of family filmmakers in the world, where I teach photographers how to switch over to video and create meaningful story-driven films with confidence. If you're not already a member, but you want to be, you can sign up to the Academy over at filminglifeacademy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, you're listening to another episode of the Filming Life Podcast. I'm Courtney Holmes, I'm your host, but this episode today is a little bit different because Kylie has actually interviewed one of our Filming Lifers, Amy Murgatroyd, and they're having a chat about all things filmmaking. Amy is just an absolute delight to have in our community. She's an incredible filmmaker. She's got such a beautiful heart and I personally loved listening to this episode. We listened to Amy talk about her background um, and how that has really influenced her as a filmmaker, the things that are really important to her, what it is that she loves about filmmaking, and so much more. You definitely don't want to miss this episode, so please listen, enjoy, share with your friends. It's such an inspirational episode to listen to. Amy is absolutely incredible, and she's also just recently applied for and become was a successful um, Filming Lifer Pro. So she's joined us as a Filming Lifer Pro and we couldn't be more thrilled to have her on our team. And um, so I hope that you enjoy this episode, listening in, tuning in. And uh, if you have any questions about anything, make sure that you send us an email, Courtney at FilmingLifeAcademy.com. I'll let Kylie take it from here. Hi everyone, this is Kylie Pertel with another episode of the Filming Life podcast and today we have a very special episode. Um, I have a special guest, one of our Filming Lifer members, Amy Murgatroyd, and she's going to chat with me today about filmmaking and passion and purpose and if you've never seen any of Amy's films, um, there's going to be a whole bunch of them in the show notes on the website. So make sure you go and have a look at them because they are amazing. Not only does Amy know how to just really um, capture the essence of a moment, but she does it with such beautiful light and techniques. And the thing that I take away from all of Amy's films, whether it's a travel film or a personal film or a client film, is just this idea that that the people, the subjects in her films are just so important and so valued. And I think that that's a really special gift that Amy has in her films. So welcome, Amy. Thank you for joining us today. Goodness, what a tender intro. Thank you. You make me cry. We haven't even started. (laughs) (laughs) Crying is okay on the Filming Life podcast. (laughs) It's so fun to chat with you in person. It is. It's lovely. So tell us. We put our educators on such a pedestal. So when you're sitting down with one, it's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a bit about yourself, Amy. Just give us the uh, the introduction. Who is Amy? Where are you from? All right. Well, I'll tell you a little bit about my family and maybe my professional background first. Um, I guess Mm -hmm. I define myself most as a mom and a wife. I have two girls. They're aged uh, 12 and 10. 
and they fill my fill my life with wonder, but a whole lot of drama as well. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've oh, heard yeah. that. Have you heard that quote that boys mess up your house and girls mess up your head? <laughs> yes, that is so true. <laughs> it is so true. And I have two tweens, so there's plenty of drama going around, but mm-hmm. they're sweet girls and, you know, they're still cuddly. Both are very creative. Um, and so, yeah, I just love them to pieces. And then uh, my husband, Dave, he's really the wind in my sails. He's believed in my films even before anybody had booked a single one. Um he probably bails me out of 50 technical challenges a week and keeps me well supplied with external hard drives. <laughs> yeah. Some, that's some gals, that's right. Some gals from Mother's Day get flowers. I get external hard drives. So he's really speaking my love language. <laughs> but uh, we live in Boston. I was not born here. I was actually born in Southern California. And um, I moved a lot growing up. So like every three to five years, my family would pack up and move. It just usually meant my dad's job was taking us somewhere and I saw it as a big adventure, but it really caused my family to draw close when I was growing up. And I, I do feel that maybe that led into to my love of, of family photography and films. Um, but I've had roots in Boston now going on 22 years, which is the longest I've lived anywhere. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I really love it here. It's been great. I came for grad school and I studied physical therapy. Um, and there just never was a day I didn't love PT. It was a really heart rendering decision to leave it several years ago and how, you know, choose to pursue one career path. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I took so much from PT, uh, and borrow so much still in my business, you know, it taught me how to put people at ease quickly. You know, as a PT, I would meet somebody and five minutes later, my hands would be all over them, right? Yep. <laughs> now we're going to stretch your glutes. So I had to, you know. a very intimate relationship very, very quickly. Very intimate, very quickly. <laughs> yeah, so I had to learn how to put them at ease really quickly in the 15 years I treated. And then um, beyond that, you know, empathy, I treated a spinal cord population. So paraplegics and quadriplegics whose lives were turned upside down overnight. Mm. And, you know, I'd work with them an hour, an hour and a half a day and, you know, listen to their stories. And so it taught me the importance of story. And it really demonstrated for me just the strength of uh, the power of love as I saw these families um, surround these patients, you know, with such tender love. And then then also just the resilience of the human spirit. And so I take so much, you know, away from that time as a PT, but I do miss it. Yeah. It it sounds like um, it was like the perfect, I guess, kind of learning ground for, um, you know, uh, understanding people and like you said that empathy and and really listening to people's stories because I guess um, I know, from a lot of the photographers that I've met, a lot of um, a lot of them seem to have started out in um, careers and have backgrounds in those kinds of um, roles, like physical therapy, occupational therapy, yeah. um, social work, and I th- I guess um, you know moving into photography and filmmaking in particular, it's an extension of that um, that 
that skill of really listening to people and seeing them and and understanding them and wanting to, I guess, um, reflect back to them the best parts of themselves and the and the the really good things that they that people have in life. Um, so I always find it really interesting to hear the things that people have done beforehand because yes, yeah, so often you see that they've come from that caring role or service role and it just works really nicely with you know what we do for our clients um in in our businesses that's right we're really nurturing relationships and what we do yeah so what led you to um being in you know getting into photography and filmmaking and and starting a business was there any kind of um catalyst for it or was it just a sort of a natural progression yeah so let's see I mean i Filmmaking, um, we can maybe get to because I do remember the very first film I saw and what it sparked in me. But in mm-hmm. terms of photography, because that preceded it by about eight years, yeah. um, you know, I think I was just like many moms, just harried, you know, in my day to day, you know, living in the fast lane, raising toddlers, um, distracted, you know, in this constant state of distraction and, um, and kind of on the edge. And life threw me a curveball, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't see it coming. Um, and it took the shape of a, a tumor on my ovary. And this tumor uh, was quite large and fast growing. And so my doctors had very real concerns that it could be cancer. Mm-hmm. And so they prepared me um, the day they found it, they prepared me for what it could mean. Should it be cancer? It would be a full hysterectomy, meaning no more children, the end of breastfeeding. This was six weeks postpartum. So I just had had a baby. Oh, wow. So that would have uh, been the end of that. Um, I'd begin chemo, radiation, you know, all of this with a newborn at home. And, And the worst part of it was that I had two weeks before I could get on the surgical schedule. And in those two weeks... I kind of lived like I was dying and I, I shouldn't have, but it's kind of one of my coping mechanisms yep. um, to pre- prepare for the worst, you know? Yeah. And, and in that time, like life stopped, you know, it was like time stood still and I just kind of saw the world around me with new and fresh eyes. Um, you know, the, the ray of light on a kitchen counter or, you know, the freckles on my daughter's nose, like, I felt like I had this unveiled vision or like a second sight for the first time in my life. And that I was seeing this like layer deeper and, and coming out of that, I mean, it ends so happy, you know, I, it was not malignant. Um, The doctors were surprised. I, we were all elated. I, you know, just such relief in my heart but my greatest fear is coming out of that experience and losing that vision. Like I, yeah. I had come to like, to value it so much. I had tasted something I didn't want to lose. And, uh, and so I was talking to a photographer friend one day at a play date, asking her about just taking photos. And, and did she think that that would help me, you know, see the way I had seen in those two weeks, I could already feeling it diminishing as life kind of crowded back in after those two weeks. And, um, and I, I just owe so much to Kelly because two days later, she dropped off her old camera. She's a wedding photographer yeah. and left it for me and said, here's my camera. 
It's in manual. Don't take it out of manual. So I taught myself how to shoot in manual day one. It was pretty dismal to start. Um, I've never actually had a camera. I didn't shoot manual. Thanks to Kelly's wise advice. Um, and it just took off from there. I was just so hungry to learn and to see the way I had seen. Um, yeah. And so that, that was the beginning of photography. And then the business kind of fell in my lap. I, I never really set out to, to start a photography business. I was so happy as a PT. Um, yep. You know, I think people were seeing my images would ask for a session. I'd shoot it for fun. It truly was just a passion. Um, yep. and, and it kind of built out from there. So I always say that I'm a PT by training and a photographer by surprise. And now filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's really, um, it's such an intense experience to go through to have something like that. And I guess, you know, it is, like you say, it's a real wake up call because so often we can kind of allow life to really just get the better of us. And we're just kind of being pulled along for the ride rather than really sort of, um, you know, a little, like the the platitude, like savoring the moment and that sort of thing. But you know, it's true. And there, there are, I guess, moments in everybody's life where, um, you know, we are sort of faced with our own mortality or the, the mortality of loved ones. And it just, it opens your eyes and makes you realise that, you know, this life is so precious and we only have the one life and yeah. so you know finding a way to live that life with purpose I guess is mm. um you know it's I, I sometimes think it's it's hard for us like when it takes something horrible to make us realize that but then at the same time it is kind of this blessing yeah. so that's it really, really is it's so true I think we all know an artist who whose work just kind of stands apart in a special way and we can't put our finger on it. You can almost sense that they've experienced like a deep pain or a loss of some kind because like the way they capture their clients, you know, their subjects, their family, it's just so raw and real, Mm -hmm. right? It's like a layer deeper. And I really feel that like hardship, difficulties in life, they just kind of furrow the souls to a point that like, when you're exposed to story, when you're exposed, you know, to the joys and sorrows of other people, they just take root and, and it really shows up in the work. And so, um, you know, for me, I feel like that, that this sort of second side is something I have to work at, right? Like my life has been relatively easy by comparison to many who've endured real hardship. Um, so it's something I have to train, but maybe there's hope in that, that we can all (laughs) sort of train that second sight, you know? Yes, I think so. I think so. Definitely. So you started your photography business first and you'd been doing that for quite a few years. And then, um, what led you to filmmaking? Yeah. So I had been in business eight years and, um, I had a photography friend who took a filmmaking class and she posted her first film. It was like her, um, assignment, final assignment. And I sat there with like my jaw on the floor because this, (laughs) my storyteller heart was seeing like all of the things that I've been craving in my work, you know, the, the movement and the voice and, and the personality. And if I, 
if I take it like a step back on my life, I can see so many signs pointing me in the direction of films. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of my photography work had implied movement. And so, you know, all the photos that are hanging around our home of my girls, there's, they're all captured in motion. Um, so that was something like my eye was drawn to certainly in my, my own photography. I'm also just love a good sappy song, you know, I'll just bust yeah. <laughs> into tears, good song. So when you combine photos, you know, or, mm-hmm. or I should say imagery and song, man, there's nothing better. Oh yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah. I think I remember um, the first time I saw, you know, like a, a family film, it was Courtney's, a, a friend of mine had said, oh, I have this friend and I think you'd like her work. You should look her up on Facebook. And um you know, so I went onto Courtney's Facebook page and there was this, this film that she'd made. And I was just instantly like, oh, this is it. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, like this, this is it. And it was kind of that same thing where, you know, I loved my photography and I loved what I was doing, but, you know, there was always something inside of me that knew that there was, um, something more that I could be doing. There was another yeah. kind of level or layer to that that I could take it and so when I saw Courtney's film and it was just like that's that's what I need to be doing like I I love photography and I I still love doing it but yeah there's just that something about film that that grabs you and draws you in and I I I think for you know it's one of those things where you know anybody can learn the skills and and can um can pick it up and learn how to do it. But I think those that kind of stick with it and do it in the long run, mm-hmm. um, really it's it's kind of because I guess that they've had this little seed in them mm-hmm. for the longest time um, and it's just been waiting for that little bit of water to really make it grow and blossom into this, you know, incredible passion that it becomes for so many of us. Yeah. Um, did you find it hard when you first started um, getting into filmmaking to sort of make that transition from being a photographer to a filmmaker? Oh, heavens, yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I had been in business for eight years before mm-hmm. I offered films. Um, and actually, I should say, as an aside, like this was a big year for my business. I, I officially pivoted to films. And so every package that gets booked receives a film. And I have like um, short mini films that are with primarily, you know, photo packages, you know, mid length, yep. maybe mid length moving portrait or legacy films, and then full length um, documentary family films. And so, um, so, but it, it took me a long time to get there. And, you know, I think, it happened at such a time that I was really established in my photography. Um, when I think back to my beginnings as a photographer, like I was totally in awe of my work, which is pretty (laughs) funny, right? Cause I didn't know enough, not to think it was amazing. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember those first images? You're like, look at the bokeh. Since I did that. Yes. Um, It's that whole, you know, before you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so everything that you make is just, it's amazing to you. That's right. That's right. Um, And so, and so, you know, I was voracious and like learning about photography, taking lots of classes and I grew and grew leaps and bounds over the years. Um, But filmmaking arrived at a time in my life when things were going really well. You know, I was, um, 
you know, I, I had pretty good composition. I had just a really good sense for the flow of a session. You know, I was nailing focus like a boss and then films come along and first, you know, it strips me of focus, autofocus. Um, and then it, it stripped me of a lot of pride, you know, at the time yeah. I was starting to get published. I was writing for photography blogs. I was uh, winning awards and other things. And, and this felt good. This felt like, you know, I'd really worked hard to this point. And then I toggle over to video and suddenly I'm at, you know, back at the very beginning. And so it was so humbling for me to be in that place. And I, I look at the people I'm meeting and the filming life Academy and right out of the gate, they are so far ahead of where I started. <laughs> and it says so much about the Academy and you educators truly like, it just wasn't my story. I, I had so much to learn. And, you know, uh, so I, I'm very much self-taught. I certainly took some classes along the way, but, um, and then, you know, you get so much education on YouTube, but, but found my way to filming life much later. In fact, you know, I got my beginning, I think before the Academy even existed. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm just so happy to be here and to be in a community that's just inspiring me every single day. And, um, yeah, just enriching my own creativity. Yeah. I, th I think, um, I, I'm always blown away by some of the first films that people share yes. in the network. You know, they may have only made one before they joined and then, you know, they really dive into the material and then they share, you know, their first one after joining and you're just like, yes. oh, wow. Like when I look at that and say compare it to like my first film, I'm just like, holy cow, yeah. how are they I so mean, good so quickly? Totally. You need like a drama mean to watch my early films. They're so shaky. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. It's so like that, but it's, you know, it's, it is, um, you know, like what we said with that, you don't know what you don't know. I think that there's a, there's a beauty in that when you first kind of take something up in that it kind of allows you to really create from the heart. And mm. so even though technically those first films that we make may not be, mm you know, winning any awards or ticking any boxes for technicalities or whatever, there's um, a real rawness and truth to those films because yes. at the end we have to kind of just strip it back to what really um, what we're really feeling inside because, you know, the technical things will come with practice but that, that idea of, you know, shooting what you love and what is moving you and wanting to make these films, that that's all got to be inside you oh, from the start. I love, I love, love, love what you're saying. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think maybe at the heart of that is that like feeling of smallness you have as you're mm. starting out, right? Like yep. you're, you're getting out of the way of the work because you feel inadequate to the challenge, right? You're, you're just starting out. But mm -hmm. that, that smallness, that humility allows like inspiration to breathe and the work to like unfurl itself. And I think that's that's something that I, I try to hold on to is yeah. a little of that, that humility as I mm -hmm. continue to pursue films because you will never arrive. Like I'm never going to be Scorsese. <laughs> so <laughs> like- there is no, like the horizon goes on and on and on. And these, there's these leading lines to a very long road that just like has no destination. And I, I love, I love that feeling, 
you know, mm. that none of us will actually arrive, that there's always more to learn, always something to reach for. And, and so somebody's beginning, isn't that different than my middle, right? In yes. the sense that, that, you know, it just stretches on and on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're capable. Of. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, that's a, that's an important thing to kind of think about. It's, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in, looking at other people's work and seeing you know what what they're making of the first film or what they're making of their 100th film and um you know allowing ourselves to kind of I guess sometimes forget the reason why we were drawn to it in the first place and so um you know for me I know that that's something that I've struggled with but I guess um what I always when I when I go through times like that that's often when I'll go back and I'll watch some of those old films that I made like so, so some of my first films my girls were only um three and five um, when I first started making the films and they're now almost 10 and 8 and like like I said like the first films that I made like they're, they're technically not great but when I watch them I can see that passion that I had mm-hmm. for it and I can you know it's not just this little time capsule that I've got of my girls when they were you know in this ridiculously cute stage but I can see, you know, how I was feeling as a person and that passion that I had for, you know, making these films for them and, and, and really, you know, for me my driving thing has always been about um, it, with my films I want to, I guess, show people how important they are mm. um, and that, that's always been kind of what has driven my work. And so the times when I kind of get caught up in, oh, you know, I've got to do this perfect or this isn't perfect or, you know, I need to be better or whatever, I go back and I watch those old films and I remind myself of, you know, why it is that I'm doing it in the first place because I I want to create something that somebody can watch and they can see just how important they were, oh, yeah. you know, in that yeah. in that moment in time. It's like we're affirming meaning, right? Like with these films, we're saying you matter. Your story matters. And and it's beautiful. It is beautiful Mm -hmm. to my eyes and to my heart. And I I think, I I just love that. What a cool job. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's like the best job in the world. (laughs) I think that's, um, I think that's, you know, one of the things that I find when, um, you know, for I guess kind of the first year that you sort of start making films or getting into photography, you um, you do at first you dive in and you're just doing it for the love and the passion of it, and you just you know like you don't know what you don't know, so you don't know you know if things aren't quite right or whatever, and then you work at it and you move along, and then you get to a point where suddenly you do know what's good and what's not, and you can look at your work and go, ah. Oh, actually it's not that great and that's when I think um, a lot of people kind of start to hit a wall or they hit resistance and so um, Mm -hmm. and that's often the time that will make or break a person as to whether or not they continue on with it Um, and so for me I like to think that um, that's where the the internal work starts to come Mm -hmm. is it's when you've got to sort of sit down and say to yourself so why am I 
really doing this? What is my what is my purpose with what I'm doing here? And what is my, I mean, you know, everybody talks like, oh, what's your why? But it really is kind of important. And it doesn't need to be anything super fancy. It can just be one line that expresses, you know, how you want to interact with the world and and what you want to achieve with your films. And so I know for me that, you know, my biggest why is that, I want people to feel important. Yeah. I want people to know that they matter and mm-hmm. that that they are worthy of, of love. They are worthy of being captured um, and being remembered um, because I know for me self-worth and self-confidence is something that I've struggled with, you know, for a large part of my life and particularly um, you know, at the time when I found films, um, it was at a time in my life when I was very low and I, you know, I, I was feeling worthless Mm. and I found filming and it kind of, it gave me that purpose and, and it really kind of revealed to me why it was that I wanted to do this for other people, because I know what it's like to feel worthless Mm. and, I I don't want anyone else to feel like that. And I want to create things that on people's worst worst days when they do feel worthless, mm. they can watch this film and they can be reminded of just how important they are. And so I think finding, you know, that that inner purpose and drive for what we do is what gets us through that hard stage where, you know, we are doubting what we're making and we're, we're thinking that it's not as good as what it could be. Um, you know, I think that is what really then fuels us to push past the hard stuff. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I just love how your story, you know, that experience of feeling worthless is what drives your purpose today. And so your story is is creating new stories, you know, and I think it's so important that we create from our story. Like I I truly believe that inspiration whispers to us and and it begs us to sort of incarnate art, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is filtered to us. Like, I believe that inspiration in large part is something external to me and, but it's filtered through my story just as yours was Um, It's filtered through my heart, my mind and my story. Um, And I think when we create from our story as you are Kylie, like that is, that is such a position of strength. I often like to do these sort of mental gymnastics and I've often thought about like the rules of composition and photography and how I can apply them to life. Right. And so if you think of the rule of thirds, right, like the most interest, the most energy is created at the intersection of the horizontal and vertical lines. And I often think that that's for me where passion and, and purpose intersects. Like Mm. in my life where passion and purpose intersect, that's my rule of thirds. That's where the most energy, the most excitement, um, the most interest occurs. And when I'm, when I'm working from that place and whether it's client work or a personal film, like you just feel it. You just kind of feel that warm rush, right? (laughs) It's intoxicating. I love it. And for me in business, like I didn't learn this until about year three as a photographer. So I was driving on, on passion 
And that passion yeah. started burning out, like it fizzled because passion will burn out long before purpose, right? Yes. You know, if passion is the flame, then purpose is the fuel. And I hadn't discovered this. So I was three years in about to give up a business that was really <laughs> just getting going uh, because I was just so exhausted and I never had stopped to really consider my purpose. What I had, what I was trying to do was make pretty images and yeah. And accomplishing it, but feeling void, like I was sending stuff into the universe and it was returning to me. I mean, I think it meant something to my clients. But to me, it just felt like empty somehow. And um, and so I kind of clawed my way out of that, that hole in year three by really thinking hard about purpose. And it culminated in like a business statement. I think you alluded to this, like yeah. it can just be like one line, but if you write out that purpose statement and put it somewhere or memorize it, um, it kind of becomes your totem and the thing that, that drives your work. And, um, and so that, that mission statement, so to speak, is what helps you make every business decision, you know, even yep. what projects to take and which ones to turn down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's one of the really important things that it, you know, it's not something that you kind of realize to start with. You kind of do have to sort of go through (laughs) the hard bits and, and I guess almost reach that kind of breaking point with things to really strip back all the, all the noise and, and boil it down to, you know, why is it that you're doing it? And, you know, for some people, they may realize that their purpose doesn't actually lie in running their business or, you know, doing it for clients or whatever, and that their purpose lies in, you know, doing it for themselves or, and, and maybe doing something else as, as a business or for work or whatever, and that this becomes something that they can use as, as a gift to, to bless others with other people find that it does fuel the, the, the purpose of their business and, and gives them kind of, I guess, a guiding light or a north star to to focus on and and guide their decisions and help help you push through those kind of days when it feels like it's really hard <laughs> absolutely yeah we like these cameras we hold in our hand they are such powerful instruments these are mm-hmm. instruments for hope and for healing and yes when we come to realize that um it it, it really sort of changes our perspective on a session i believe um, I recently <laughs> sold a lens and, uh, I don't know what inspired me to tell the guy, but I texted him, you know, enjoy her. I put, I put a soul in her. And I really <laughs> believe that like, we're putting a soul in our equipment, like, because yes. think of the love that it's bearing witness to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I love, I love that your heart just resonates with purpose. I think, I think it's so important and, and it's interesting because I think I've, I sense the most purpose in some of the hardest places. I, um, I photograph a lot of, you know, joyful, happy, healthy families. Um, and, 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 and it fills my heart and I love it, but I realized that that didn't reflect reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, um, 
I approached the children's hospital here in Boston and asked if they would like a volunteer photographer. Now they didn't have any. Um, this was something they created for me. Um, and, and to this day, I go into the children's hospital, not, not during COVID. So I hope to resume soon, but, um, and photograph chronically and terminally ill children and their families bedside. And, and for me, it's that perfect blend of sort of my comfort in a hospital setting and my background as a PT, um, and also the, the, my love of capturing raw emotion, mm -hmm. uh, it also, it renders my heart in a way that no class could like no photography or filmmaking workshop could ever, um, open sort of the channels of my heart that, you know, yeah. a hospital room and a children's hospital does. And, and so it's purpose that like carries me tenderly through these sessions or um, helps me fight back tears when, you know, for instance, four nurses and a respiratory therapist take 20 minutes to arrange a child in intensive care so that the mom can get in the bed, you know? Yeah. Um, and and the, the patient I'm thinking of died two days later, but what we're doing matters, right? We're yes. affirming meaning and we don't have to, we're not, we can affirm all the love and the joy we bear and witness to as well. But, um, but I think, I think we can all attest to those invitations that our camera gets into some really hard places too. And that, that is just sacred ground. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love that. I love that you do that. I think that's, um, I know for me, when it comes to um, working with clients, um, particularly, it's it's about so much more than just the actual session and like the physical mm -hmm. act of like taking the yes. photos or um, creating the films. And I know, um, you know, not everyone kind of has the same approach for me, but when when I um, you know, before I even book a client, I really like to get on the phone with them so that I can yeah. chat with them, get to know them, relate to them. Um, and then, you know, as we move through the booking stages and we get closer to the shoot, um, I like to then arrange like a Zoom call or a phone call or whatever to really get to know them. And, and I send them a questionnaire that asks, you know, there are a couple of fairly, I guess, deep questions that I ask my clients, but I really you know, my, my goal is always to develop a relationship with them so that they're not just a client, but, you know, they're, they're a friend, you know, they're, they're a real person with a real story and real struggles that have informed what their life is now and, and, and their purpose or, um, you know, their, their reason for why they live the way that they do. Um, and so I find like for, for me taking that time to really get to know my client as people mm -hmm. makes such a difference to um, how I approach when I make the film because, you know, these are people that they're not just someone that I've just rocked up and met on the day. Like I've spent time developing and nurturing this relationship with them. You know, I love to hear what their kids do and I, I want to hear how they're going and, and, and how have they been and, and how are they going? And particularly now after, you know, this crazy 2020 that we've had, um, you know, I feel that that's more important than ever because, honestly, 
you know, my people when they fill in their questionnaires will sometimes be extremely, um, extremely raw and very mm. honest and open. And, you know, like I, I assure them that whatever they answer on their questionnaire is going to be complete completely confidential like I will never share that with anyone and it kind of invites them to sort of open up and sometimes people write things in their questionnaires that they've never really said out loud to anybody and I think that that's a really kind of um you know that's a really kind of important position and I I, I take that very seriously Huge and trust. Yeah. yeah and I feel that you know by while what they've told me in their questionnaire may not be in the film and it's it's not going to be, you know, what right. the film is about or anything like that, it gives me this kind of deeper understanding and it allows me to relate to the client and, and I guess fulfil what my purpose is, which is just giving them a chance to be seen mm-hmm. and to be heard and, you know, to have someone reassure them and let them know that, you know, despite all of these challenges, they they are an important person and, and, you know, they're doing a good job. That's one of the things I think, particularly for mums, we don't hear that very often. Like you're doing a good job. We feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, often through our work and what we give to our clients is that reassurance that, you know, despite all the crappy stuff and the hard days and all the rest of it, you know, you're doing a good job. I love how you describe that. Makes me want you to film my family. <laughs> Come to Boston, Kelly. <laughs> as soon as they open our borders. <laughs> there you go. But it's so true. I think, you know, from the very first inquiry, you know, to the questionnaire, to the very last clip that we take, we're, we're gently wooing clients um, to open their heart to our lens. And to do that, they, they really have to trust us. Um, I think there's a men- mentality shift for me, even in, in the word taking images or taking photos versus receiving photos. Yes. Like, like we're not there to take something from our clients, are we? Like mm-hmm. we're just to, to there to sort of receive who they are. Um, I used to show up to sessions. This is, um, I feel like I had learned this lesson before filmmaking, but I would show up to photography sessions, you know, expecting them to be flawlessly dressed and, you know, the, them to be on time and dad to keep his phone in his pocket and, and to help mom keep the kids in order for me. Right. And, yeah. and what's wrong with this picture? Like, what's my starting point? It's me. Yeah. Like I'm not the hero in this story. My clients are the hero in their story. Um, and so I really learned that it's my job. It's my job to create a context where like a frazzled mom and a distracted dad and squirmy kids can like press into each other um, and, and to experience connection. And for me to document that as almost like this visual totem for them to return to and be like, mm-hmm. that's us. That's that's us on a good day. And that's us to aspire to on a bad day. Yes. Yes. So how do you, um, is there anything that you do in particular to prepare your clients so that you can um, you can meet them in that place and, and really um, provide that for them? Yeah. So like many of us, you know, I have the questionnaire and it's very detailed. Um, And then I zoom or speak with a client once or twice before a session, you know, depending Mm -hmm. on what kinks we need to work out. Um, 
I would say a big piece is um, pre-visualizing for me. And my pre-visualization has taken like new shape over the years. And so I'll detail that a little for you. Um, So, you know, of course, by the time I arrive at the film session, like I have a pretty good sense of the players. You know, I have a feel for each of the individual players, sort of what makes them tick, the things they like um, and, and what we hope to capture. And and so I used to sit in my car and and sort of pre-visualize this beautiful shoot, you know, <laughs> um, when I was first starting a filming, you know, pre-visualizing these dreamy shots and everything going flawlessly. Yeah. And I've kind of stopped doing that. And here's why. Like, I really believe that the most powerful sessions I've had is when I very intentionally pre-visualize like a beautifully imperfect session. And so in essence, what I'm doing is I'm like stripping myself of expectation Mm -hmm. such that when I walk in that door, I'm a blank slate, right? Like they get to just write their story on me. I have Mm -hmm. no expectations. I have no, no shot list, no scripted, beautiful film in my head that whatever their version of beauty is, is what I'm going to receive, not take. And then translate it, you know, through my heart into something tangible that they yes. will have for always. And I think so that pre-visualization is like really, really sort of upside down for me. And you know, it's funny, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if you know, but like the eye as well as our cameras see upside down. So yes. like what we see in the world is translated to our retina upside down and it's no different on a camera. And so that's what inspired this for me is I realized like I need to go into these sessions almost seeing this upside down, not Mm -hmm. like, you know, beauty as, you know, on on a beauty hierarchy, but like that beautiful and perfect. And, um, and I, and then beyond that, you know, I think, you know, faith is a big part for me too. So I will sit in, in the car and just kind of dwell on each family member. And I'll, I'll ask, you know, just to be able to see the light, in the family and all around them. Um, and that, you know, I would be a conduit of God's love for them. And so that's a piece of sort of my pre-visualization, but by the time I walk in the door, I'm like hopelessly in love with this family. (laughs) And it, and so it becomes really easy just to have their, their story, you know, written on my heart. And I, I think another big piece is, is, being very small in my own picture. So, mm-hmm. you know, as I enter that door, what I'm leaving back in the car is like my baggage, like my insecurities, my fears. Um, I've had to leave some big things in the car, you know, that's yeah. the pending ultrasound for the new growth on my ovary last week. Um, you know, and and that sort of thing, you just like, you just have to clear your mind of and, and make yourself so small so that they can become so big in the story. Um, and I can take that approach pretty, pretty far in the sense that like, I almost heart meld with, with the client. I don't know if this ever happens to you, but do you ever like film kids almost as though they're your own? And so you, you yes. get to the end of the session and you're like, I, 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 right. Yes. Uh, like I need time to almost snap back into my identity mm-hmm. after a film because we're with them so long. And you're like, you're heart melding with your clients to a point that, that like, I need time. If, if my client session is a 10 minute drive from my home, I literally have to sit in my car an extra 10 minutes to just like to reacclimate. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I know exactly what you mean. It's, yeah. it's, you know, when I, I think of, um, particularly all the kids in the families that I, I film, like, 
they're my little babies you know like (laughs) I remember them all it's yeah I I really um I love how you approach that and I, I really like that idea of um you know stripping back your expectations of what the session is going to be like because I think um you know it's very easy to kind of have an idea or a preconceived notion or you know an expectation of what we want to capture and so often one when we get there it's different if we've had this idea in our head and we don't take the time to kind of Mm. strip that away Mm -hmm. um that's when we can lead to um you know being disappointed with what we've done I mean it's normal to to walk away from a session and be like oh I could have done this better I could have done that better like you know there's always something we could Mm -hmm. do better um Mm -hmm. but I think the thing that makes you keep going back is that kind of remembering that well you know it's not actually about you and I think um you know the more you're able to practice that and get better at sort of stripping away those expectations Mm -hmm. and being like you said open to receiving Mm -hmm. what the family has Mm -hmm. to to give you or show you Mm -hmm. um really does make such a difference Mm -hmm. in in you know what we then end up capturing for our for our clients like it's yeah it's it's a it's a yeah (laughs) you're right and I love I love how you practice this too, because what I'm hearing from you is that the process is almost as if not more important than the product. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, like the, the session itself is everything, like everything. Mm. And, and yes. to me, the product, the film is only proof that like something special happens. It's just, it's just the icing. Um, And I think I would bet that for your clients, Kylie, like the majority of them already love their film before they've seen it. Like the minute you step out of their door, they're already in love with their film because you made them feel seen and loved and known. And I think, I think that's where, you know, we can get tripped up on making it about the product and, and really it's not like what, where I've seen the the most beautiful sessions, you know, um, I can't. I should say the most beautiful sessions come out of those where clients are, are made to feel seen and loved and, and, yes. and truly affirmed. Um, so yeah, it's something I think about a lot. Oh, I, I love I this. I could talk about this all day. I know, me too. <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, we all get those lovely glowing responses. Sometimes they don't come as quick as we'd like. We're like, I spent 20 hours reply um but I did once um leave a session and about five minutes after I left their home I receive a text and I look down and um oh there's like I can get tears in my eyes remembering it because all it said was what was that and that was all caps and it just to me it just like cemented like that's it that's it it's about the process like it's about the session Like she already loves the film. She hasn't seen it. I already love the film. I haven't seen it because it wasn't about the film. It's, it was about um, creating this context for them to just like hit pause and be present. Um, Yes. You know, we are just like living as like hamsters on a wheel. Mm -hmm. And like when we can create the context to just stop and look and linger there, like just amazing things happen. This is what we're created for. We're created to be in relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I I think one of the best, um, 
often some of the feedback that I get is, um, you know, clients will say, oh, my kids are asking, you know, like, like they want it, they want to do it again. They want you to come back tomorrow. And, you know, often when, when I receive that feedback, um, I think to myself that really it's not about me. It's, it's not that they like me as a person, but what those kids have attached to me is that when Mm -hmm. I was there, their parents were there, their parents, you know, and like, I know that I do it. Like I'm guilty of, um, you know, spending time on my phone or being in my office working and, you know, just leaving the girls to kind of their own devices and doing their own things. And they're happy. And, you know, it's easy to forget that like the, the most, the most important gift we can give our children is that gift of time and presence and, you know, really being there present and, um, you know, and it's hard. And for a lot of parents at the end of the session, they're exhausted because they have spent three to four hours completely present and switched on with their kids and really soaking them in. And so, you know, when a client says to me afterwards that, oh, my kids loved having you there and they want you to come back, I that's when I know that I think I've done the right thing because what those kids are actually projecting is that while I was there, they had the best time with their parents and with their family. They did these, you know, it was this three or four hours of uninterrupted time where they had their parents' full attention. And I feel like that is such a special gift that we can give our clients and, you know, that permission to to stop and take time and, and to really, you know, just soak in everything that we love about our family and be reminded of why we love our family in the first place. I think that's kind of the legacy that you want these films to leave. Like not that everything was perfect or all the rest of it, but Mm -hmm. that, that real connection that we have that, Mm -hmm. you know, in those moments when we do have time and it happens a lot when you travel, you know, like, and that's what I love about, you know, traveling with your kids is because Mm -hmm. often everything else of your life is stripped away and Mm -hmm. you've only got, you know, your family, one suitcase and a hotel room, you know, it's, it's that stripping away of all the distractions. And so then what you're left with is that connection and and how much you love each other. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I feel like that's what our sessions can provide. Yes. And I don't think we have to be ashamed that our work often reflects the best version of that family. You know, I think Mm. some of the criticism sometimes leveraged against, you know, photographers and maybe to an extent filmmakers is like, oh, well, we make everyone's life look prettier than it is, you know? And um, I don't really believe that. I really believe that if you think of like a loved one you've lost, what, you know, the memories that stay with you are the tender, beautiful ones, right? Yes. A lot of the the bad memories tend to wash away. And, yes. and that's what we're doing with these films is we're creating a, a time capsule, a memory for these clients and for their kids and for their kids to show their own kids. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I carry no guilt that, that I'm looking for the best attributes of this family because every family has them. And exactly. And if I'm stitching together a beautiful story, that's because they're a beautiful family. And, Mm -hmm. and if, you know, 
you know, their kids have meltdowns in the grocery store like mine used to. <laughs> that's real too. <laughs> but that's probably not the memory they're going to want in 20 years. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where at the time when your kid has a, a meltdown in the grocery store, it's like the worst thing because you're just so... <gasps> But in 20 years time, when you think back to that memory, you're going to like, you will laugh at it because, you you know, like you kind of removed from it and you can kind of see like the beauty or the funny thing in that. But one of the, one of the questions that I ask um, on my questionnaire is um, I ask the client to, you know, imagine that it's 25 years in the future Mm -hmm. and their children are sitting down to look at the photos and the film from their session and I ask, you know, what is it that you want your children to learn or to know about you and your family from those those films? (laughs) Feel free to. But I I find I love it that often that the answers that I get to that question they often, that often then is the one thing out of anything that I learn out of the questionnaire, that's the one thing that I then aim Mm -hmm. to make sure that the the film that I make for them embodies because it tells me um, maybe what their insecurity is about, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe like they're worried that they don't show their kid that enough and they want their kid to, you know, they want to remind yeah. them of that or, you know, it's something that um, or it's something that is really important to them and it's the one thing that they want their children to remember. They want that to be the, their parenting legacy or their family legacy. And so, um, you know, I love the answers that I get to that question because it really does that kind of forms the foundation and then, then everything else is, is built around that. And I agree, like I think that, you know, it's not a bad thing to create these films that that remind people of that and that love and the good things in their life. And it can be something that, like you said, on a bad day, you can go back and watch and you can see that oh, actually, you know, it's not all bad. Like <laughs> we do have this amazing life and we do have fun and I'm so incredibly blessed. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Amy. This has been a beautiful chat. I've really enjoyed getting to um, getting to know you better and and really understanding um, the heart behind the work that you create. And I it I can okay. really see that in the films that you make. Um, it's you have a real gift for really connecting with people and 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 stripping away all that outside noise and finding that love and connection. And that's, it's a really special gift. I appreciate that so much. It means a lot. Well, for all our listeners, I will, um, I will share some of Amy's films in the show notes on the blog. And we also have an interview with Amy on the blog, which is amazing. You should read it. So I'll link that as well. Um, But, yeah, thank you so much for chatting with us today, Amy. We really appreciate it. Thanks for this time. I enjoyed it. Thank you.